Yeah, and if he's going through something, it's like yawn. Okay. <laughs> God, I don't care. All right, have your excuse, whatever. Welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Liana. I'm Jared. And we have an awesome episode for you today. We have our friend Greg Barrett from the Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers podcast. He's also an author. He co-authored He's Just Not That Into You, among other books. And he's a comedian. The episode is great. It's um, actually like, I was a little nervous actually having him on because he he makes me a little nervous he makes okay he made me you said that beforehand and then i got really nervous too because he's such a like thoughtful sort of stoic dude Very. he like knows who he is and it's just you know and like so yeah i got like a little tense and nervous i'm sure people will like hear it and stuff like that but he was like such a cool guy really really fun conversation Yes, totally. So I'm excited for you guys to listen. Um, and Greg, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, so by the way, I don't know how the video the ed- or the audio quality is going to be on this um, because we are remote again. Jared, you're in Philly. Yeah, this is a special like bi-coastal intro to Hello and Goodbye, right? Yeah. Now. yeah. Well, tech- they we're recording on Thanksgiving. So yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Everyone. Yeah, Even happy post-Thanksgiving. Is- yeah. But you just got, you drove to Las Vegas yesterday and then flew out today. Yeah. I've done like a lot of traveling. So I, my friend got married destination wedding in Cancun, like on Sunday. Yeah. So I was there for like four days, came back, worked for two days and then like left immediately again for Thanksgiving. So it's been a lot, but like knock on wood, like all of my, yeah, like no flight problems or flight delays or anything like that. So I've been really lucky. Yeah. And you got your booster shot the day before you left for Cancun, right? Yes. Did I am you fully have boosted? Okay. Did you have reactions though? Because I got my booster two days ago and it knocked me out. No, I mean, I think maybe because I had such a serious reaction to the second one. Um, and I tried to be like really thoughtful of like just like resting and relaxing and like, you know, like, you know, I, I didn't like work out and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. it was okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, I definitely knocked me out. I was in bed all day yesterday and then nice. I got up to go to the Turkey crawl. <laughs> Wait, what is the Turkey crawl? <gasps> the Turkey <gasps> crawl in Redlands is like the best night of the year. It's where everybody's back in town. Cause Redlands is such a small town. So like everybody's back in town and you go downtown and you're bound to run into someone you went to high school with or junior high with or whatever. And you just crawl from bar to bar. Okay. So that's like everybody's town on the night before Thanksgiving. Exactly. I just, but you were making it sound like it was like an organized event. Well, it could be. <laughs> um, but anyway, I want to get back to my experience last night um, in a second, but I have a important question from you that i know our listeners want to know as well okay what is it are you still i am yes i'm no not november i am still celibate yeah that's correct so there is nothing in cancun like you didn't meet anybody or have any like temptations or make out sessions or whatever not really like i was actually proud of myself um like there was like nice people at the wedding like made some new friends had a really good time um And there was like some eligible women that like, I think like three years ago, like, even though I wasn't like long-term interested in any of them, I would have like pursued something, Yeah, you know? And like, like the, the me I am now is just like, man, I'll just keep like hanging out and like having fun with people. Oh, good for you. I love that. Yeah. And it was cool. And like, also like with like the drinking thing, cause like that was on my mind, like how, how that was going to go and stuff like that. And, so I ended up like, you know, drinking, like, I guess like all the days I was down there, but like, um, I never got like shit faced and like, I never like had a real bad, like emotional hangover, you know, like 
good. Because I never like fully like kind of went for it and then like, you know, like got all messed up by it. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was really fun. I was like sort of proud of myself. It was a beautiful wedding. Um yeah, Cancun is fucking awesome. I love like I did a lot of body surfing in the ocean. I like nice. worked out every day. Yeah, everything That's was great. That's great. Yeah. Well, and we might have some new listeners with this episode because of Greg. So you don't identify as a recovering alcohol or yes. that you're in recovery, but you have found that you're trying to live a more sober lifestyle. Yeah, I, I think that's the best way to say it. Like, I think I've ha- I had like a sort of fraught or problematic relationship with like drinking like pretty much my whole life and like um, have just recently, like in the last year, like realized I really enjoy not drinking <laughs> like yeah. more than I like drinking, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, but that's been good. And then I got here, I flew back home to Philly where I'm from and my dad picked me up. We did like, uh, we did Thanksgiving dinner out for the first time in like a very fancy restaurant and a very fancy hotel in Philly. And it was like a buffet. Everything was super good. Nice. We got to like walk around the city and, uh, you know, see like the beautiful fall colors, which I don't get in California. So it was just really nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad. So what, what are your plans moving forward now while you're in Philly? Like, are you going to meet uh, up with friends or? Yes. I'm like seeing five different friends and also like trying to spend enough time with my dad that he doesn't like pout at me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you, um, are you just trying to make sure that he only gets like 60 to 70% of your free time? Yes. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, and then I fly back in a couple of days. So well, good. Uh, yeah. What's happening in your life? You and I, <sighs> this is like the longest we've gone without hanging out in like a long time. This is the long longest time. we've gone. I know it's weird. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm in a bit of a, a lonely phase of like feeling, you know, my best friend has been here and there and everywhere. And um, you have been gone and, I have a couple, my other two best guy friends, like they're in Palm Springs and like, I don't really have my girlfriends here that can just get together with me all the time. So I've been feeling a little lonely lately and I have felt the effects of that. Um, And I did decide to download Bumble. Um, Yeah, it has been the worst round of Bumble (laughs) ever in my life. I mean, I am not getting matches. Nobody's swiping on me. If I do match, it's like the worst conversations I've ever had. Nobody knows how to have a conversation anymore. Mm. I will say that I have made my preferences very picky. Like I've been very picky, like liberal or moderate, um, spiritual or, you know, like I, I like agnostic kind of that route. Um, and then like, only relationship like i don't if they say don't know yet on their profile boom they're swiping to the left like that's the easiest way to get out of anything be like well my profile said i don't know so anyway um there is one person i am kind of chatting with we're supposed to have a video chat tomorrow per my (laughs) (laughs) pursuing of it so like it was so funny i texted allison i was like I mean, he did reach out to me first today. And then I'm thinking like, how is the bar set so low? But it's like, well, yeah, I did ask if he wants a video chat, but he re- he asked me how my Thanksgiving was going. <laughs> well, that's nice. I mean, that's, yeah, not like, no. that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I, I do really like his profile a lot. So if he's as cool, like if there's chemistry, that would be great. Um, you yeah. know, he lives not too far from here. Nice. Um, but I did wait. Okay. Wait, okay. Before you move on, just to say to like normalize for you, right? Like that's, this is like the lonely time of the year. This is like the, like, I feel bad about myself because I'm not with someone time of the year. And like, and like, I'm even feeling some of that, right? Like, yeah. And so I I feel like a lot of people are probably related to what you're saying right now. And like, you know, I just want to say like, it's not you and like, you know, so like fucking download Bumble and like do whatever you need to do. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It's totally normal to feel lonely, especially like the holidays was when everything went down with my ex-husband 
and my two Mm. ex-boyfriends was kind of like holiday related. And there's, you know, so I actually am, I would rather be single through the holidays than like, you know, feeling alone and in a relationship. So there's that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually I can turn to my friends a little bit more and that just isn't happening right now. You know, when everybody else is gone and I'm here at home, literally at home <laughs> in Redland. So <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so that I've got that going. I've got this video chat. We'll see if it happens. We'll see what the chemistry is. Um, so I really wanted to do the turkey crawl. And nobody could do it with me. You weren't here. Michelle wasn't here. Cole and Joe weren't here. Um, my friend Megan was working. Um, Alyssa had just gotten back from Las Vegas. She was exhausted. So it was like, I kept, I was just like trying to think of like, who can rally with me? Who can do this? No one could. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. Like, I'm going to get dolled up. I yeah. haven't got dolled up in a while. I'm just going to go. I'm going to pu- put on a cute outfit and I'm going to go to my favorite bar, which is the Oyster Bar in Redlands. Uh-huh. So I go to the Oyster Bar and I end up sitting next to these two girls um, who are pretty drunk already. Um, but they immediately, like, where are you from? Yeah, they're like, where are you from? Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out one of these girls owned another bar that was in Redlands. Okay. And I spent the next few hours with them um, drinking and laughing and having fun. And they were asking about the podcast and all this stuff. Now, I don't know how much they remembered (laughs) 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 Um, because I tried like messaging the one girl on Instagram. She hasn't gone back to me. I don't even know if she remembers me or anything about last night or anything about the podcast. But um, we had like these two dudes like kind of like leached onto us like as a group because they could tell like I felt like they were a little predatory. It was weird. So I was like kind of overlooking everybody. And this one guy kept like trying to like keep things going with me. And I just was like, no. And so anyway, I we ended up at the vault and Mm -hmm. I ended up running into this other group of people that I know um, for a different reason. And long story short. <laughs> oh no, I can't wait for what's coming out of your mouth next. I ended up in my office making out with someone who is significantly younger. <laughs> like, like 21 years old? Yeah, around that, yeah. Yes. Hey, you know what? We're all consenting adults here. It's just fun. Who cares? It was funny, though, because I mean, he's like a really he's a nice guy. I've known him like because of this thing. I mean, we I wouldn't say we were like friends, but. Did you babysit um, him when he was a child? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but um he was so funny. He was like, so we were like kind of making out and I was like being good about like, this is it. Like, this is all you're getting is like uh-huh. the very PG makeout session. And he said something. He's like, I kind of thought we were going to go farther than this or something. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny that you're with this guy who like, like, you know, is like relatively inexperienced because of his age. And he's like, is this how this works? Like this uh, happens like this? <laughs> You know, and you're like, not often, but yes, this is sometimes how it works. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, it actually does bring up another topic is like, he said something like, you know, I thought on your podcast, you or you, your TikToks are all about like hand jobs and stuff like that. And I do wonder if like guys who like do go on dates with me or are interested and they know all of that stuff, if they're just going to expect a hand job now on like night one. (laughs) You're like, Hey, you have to earn one of these world famous hand jobs. So anyway, uh, we made out for like probably like an hour. And then I was like spinning, like I was spinning hard. Mm, And I was like, I was like, dude, I got to go home because I'm either need to pass out or I'm going to vomit. So I got an Uber, obviously I Ubered home. And then I, I was trying, it took me a little bit for like the spins to calm down. And then I Ooh, felt do you know, do you know a great trick for that? 
I have one of my foots on the ground. Is that yes, the trick? Yes, one foot yeah. on the floor. Yes. One of my foots. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have one of my foots on the ground. <laughs> Just for the people listening at home, if you, you know, if you're like super shit faced to where the room is spinning all the time, like you're just going to vomit. But if it's the kind of thing where you're okay, but then when you lay down, yeah, the room starts spinning, lay on the edge of your bed and drop one leg off the side of the bed. So one of your feet is touching the ground and it instantly cures it. Yes. Yeah. It helps a lot. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I have been wildly hungover today. Um, and just like in bed and hanging out with fam and then eating dinner and then helping with my niece and then back in bed. And it's um, been a little bit of a wild ride these last two days. Good for you. By, but by the way, that's what, so they say that the night before Thanksgiving, more alcohol is consumed on that day than any other day of the year, like including New Year's Eve, including like, I don't know, Super Bowl, Fourth of July, whatever. Um, and it just dawned on me just now when you just described your day, because I think like, Thanksgiving is kind of the perfect day to be hungover because even people who aren't hungover are acting like they're hungover on Thanksgiving. Like yeah. you just lay around, yeah. and eat stuff and like start drinking too early. And like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fun. I, I definitely have not gotten, I've not partied that hard in a long time. So it was like worth it. I'm glad I went out. It was fun. If you don't know if you want to go out alone, you should, it doesn't always end up like that, but last night was a blast. And, um, I told that guy, I was like, this will never happen again. <laughs> Just so you know, and do not tell anyone. That's so great. But hey, like, look, I'm sort of proud of you. Like, you, you're using this, this younger guy as like, look at you, like setting these very clear boundaries and like speaking yeah. up for yourself and like, yeah, well, that's fucking awesome. I told, I told you that, like, I do better with younger guys, like of saying what I want why I want it, that it's going to be that like these, like for some reason, I just with younger guys, I'm like, just so much more able to be like, no, like that's not going to happen. Like, this is what you get kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah so anyway. and, and like somehow you don't feel bad about it or like, no, not yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. Like yeah. second guess it or whatever. Yeah. I'm a well, little then, nervous of like, who's going to listen to this of like, who might like put, put two and two together. together. Well, it's fucking good for you. Oh, I goodness. think that's awesome. All right, guys. Well, um, before we go into the interview, just quick, if you want to be a Patreoni, go to patreon.com slash hello and go by podcast. You can pledge for as little as $3 a month. Um, quick side note on that. We love you, whether you're a Patreoni or not. If you have to delete your pledge or if you want to pledge more or pledge less, do you, um, we're just, we're here for you. And if you're able to support us, great. Yes. Um, and then we have the review contest going on. So head to Apple Podcasts, search Hello and Goodbye, scroll down, hit the five stars, give us a nice review. Winner gets an H&G hat. And then the merch is available now. What? On Redbubble, you can get your Ho-Ho Holes mug. Mine is coming in the mail. I want to like see it first <laughs> before I like uh -huh. really promote it. But you can go to redbubble.com um, and type in Leanna Joan. That's the, the shop site. And you can purchase the mug. You can also get a pillow. Um, there's like a tote bag. And I feel like there was something. There's like a couple mugs. Yeah. I mean, there's a few items that you can get that will all say ho, ho, holes. That's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, head that way, you guys. And we'll see you at the end. Okay, our guest today is Gregory Barrett, who is a comedian, musician, co-author of He's Just Not That Into You and several other books. Uh, also, podcast, uh, fellow podcast host slash guru, as well as a life and relationship coach, Greg Barrett. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you. Of course. Thanks so much for coming on. I had the pleasure of going on your podcast recently. Yeah, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. So, Greg, we have so many questions for you today. So, um, first of all, can you just tell a little bit about yourself to our listeners? Um, maybe elaborate on what Jared just said. About me? About what's so great about me? Yes. Yeah, do yeah. it. <laughs> well, 
I made, you know, I started out as a comedian. I've been a comedian for 30 years. That's what I do. I still do it. Um, not as much as I used to, but I still do it. Um, and then I sort of segued into television writing and then television writing sort of segued into books. And then, and then I became famous for writing a book. And um, so I've had kind of a multifaceted career. You know, I've done a lot of different, I've done a lot of different things. That's you know, amazing. and not not expecting to do any of them. Greg, so uh, he's just not that into you. Is it was like a worldwide sensation, and w we've both like listened to the book. I'm I, I actually really uh, I feel like this book could be like Leanna's like Bible because <laughs> it, for for folks who I don't know how you haven't read it, but if you hadn't, what what I appreciate about it is. It talks about all the ways that men make shitty excuses in relationships. Right. Uh, you know, like, like, they, well, they act shitty in relationships, you know, either um, not calling when they say they're going to, uh, and, you know, and, and you get into all of these kind of typical ways that this plays out, like um, not wanting to get married and like all of these other things, you know, like try, trying to like sort of do the like casual, let's hook up, but not be anything. And, and it's you really kind of call that out and call men out for their shitty behavior and then encourage women not to accept these excuses and like, um, uh, you know, like make excuses for the men. So uh, one of my questions is, do you feel like like in 2021, are dudes like better than they used to be? Is it getting worse? Worse. Like, no, they're far worse. They're far worse. Texting has made things worse. Um, social media has made things worse. Uh, what constitutes a date anymore? Isn't it really a date? Um, yeah, I think things are, I think things are worse. And I think, I don't think men, well, here's the thing. When we originally conceived the book, we wanted to do it for both sexes because both sexes are capable of, of giving excuses and doing, you know, there's women that do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and I know because I've been blown off before by women. So uh, it's, it's the same stuff. Um, uh, but, but the publishers were like, men don't read books like this. So just make it for women. So we did. Um, but I think men are not being raised to ask women out, really. Hmm. You know, I don't feel like, like I was raised to ask women out. Like my dad was like, you got to ask girls out. You got to have some kind of, you know, game. You got to, you know, put the hustle in. No one's going to come find you. You got to go get it. And I don't know that men are being raised like that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that like with, with social media, there's so much peacocking now that men consider just putting themselves out there being on social media. Yeah. And just so like, if I'm a dude and I'm like good looking enough and I can like sh show off my muscles on Instagram, women will slide into my DMs and then I can just sort of select from among them. Totally. So I don't know that there's any set sort of rules for dating anymore. Yeah. You know, what constitutes an actual date, spending time with people. You know, people seem to go really quickly to hooking up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting when I was re listening, well, I was listening to your book. Um, I, I struggle with it a little bit because I, you know, and I think you agree with this too, but I am a very strong, independent, self-sufficient, assertive woman. And mm -hmm. guys don't come up to me like ever, unless they're really creepy. <laughs> like I don't, I don't get asked out. Nobody comes up to me at the coffee shop and I make myself very, like I smile, I'm very welcoming, I'll make conversations. And I mm -hmm. feel like the number of times that, like I, I feel confident being assertive and asking a guy out. Like, hey, um, you know, I'm interested in getting to know you more. Do you wanna meet for coffee sometime? You know, and um, I feel comfortable doing that and I don't want, like on one hand, it would be great if like a guy came up to me and very assertively was like, hey, Liana, um, I want to get to know you more. Can you, will you go on a date with me? I'd be like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what just happened? Because it doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen. And so I, I'm stuck between a, a, a rock, 
rocking up hard place uh, hard yeah thanks yeah <laughs> because i hate the dating apps i just i can't do them anymore they're they're just women and men are just like pieces of meat you're just leaving one right after the next um yeah and people just don't go up to you anymore in public and maybe i'm just living in the wrong place maybe i need to be in la or new york but i i just i don't want my power taken away but i also can't like if I didn't ask people out, I would never go on dates. <laughs> right. Right. And I think like when we wrote the book, we were pretty specific that, you know, men would ask you out that, that if you waited and, you know, but we also said, Hey, you can let a guy know that you want him to ask you out. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with flirting and being assertive and, you know, but ultimately you want them to ask you out now do i feel the same way i don't know mm -hmm. you know i have two i have two teenage daughters um that are both navigating dating and all that kind of stuff and um you know it's different there it's yeah. just a different world yeah it's just a different world so i don't think there's anything wrong with putting yourself out there i mean yeah. because you want to get what you want out of life well and i think ultimately the goal then or what i i would want and i'm assuming other women would want as well excuse me is reciprocation so if i'm gonna ask the guy out on the first date he better fucking ask me <laughs> on a second date if he likes me right if he's into me yeah he's totally. the one that's he's the one that should ask for the second date um and i think yeah. you know we had that question of like what what would you change like if you do you think other than like, okay, a woman can ask a guy, you know, it's 2021, things have changed. Is there anything else that has changed for you since writing the book? No, not really. I mean, the, the, the big principle of the book is to, to have self-esteem and to know what you're worth and to know that your time is valuable and that you're, you know, uh, not somebody that's going to wait around for someone to get their shit together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Um, and I don't know that dating is like, I don't think it's gotten any easier. Yeah. You know, I don't know that it's gotten harder, but it's not gotten any easier. It's a difficult thing. Like dating is complicated and hard and not that fun. Like it, that's the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one of my questions, Greg, because you said earlier that, you know, like you were a comedian and then getting the TV writing job, which led to the book, which has led to so many other things for you, that that all kind of happened by accident. And so, you know, but, but here you are as this person who has written sort of numerous books that have helped so many people in terms of relationships. And so I'm curious for you, like, was there ever a time where you were like, like a shit show in relationships and- Oh, and yeah, how, yeah, yeah. How, how did that journey from then to here happen for you? Well, the big thing for me would be the fact that I got sober at a certain mm. point, but I was a mess before that. And in a lot of ways, um, not just, not just that I, I mean, I was pretty shitty in relationships and made a lot of excuses and did a lot of the things that are in the book, but then I also got hurt by people who treated me badly, mm. you know? So, yeah, yeah. So, but when I got sober, um, I dated probably two people before I met my wife, mm. you know, and then I met my wife and had a sober, smart relationship that was really different than any other relationship I'd ever had before. You know, she, I was totally into her. I pursued her, but she pursued me back. It was, you know, it was a good give and take, you know, and we both had the same sort of goals in terms of having family and having a life together. What I'm curious, what is the early stages of that relationship other than, you know, you in, being into her, wanting to pursue her, her pursuing you back? Were there any other like very noticeable, dif what were the other noticeable differences between when you met your wife and other women that you had dated? Well, I think I, I kept, I, the thing I did differently with my wife was I arrived and my feelings on my own time. And I allowed her to arrive at her feelings on her own time. 
So we went out twice and then she broke things off with me. Mm. And uh, she said, I, it's complicated right now. I'm dealing with an old boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. She gave me like what sounded like a bunch of excuses. And I said, okay. <laughs> I said, fair enough. And she said, call me in a couple of months. And I said, no, you call me. Yeah. You know, I've already, I've pursued you. Like I pursued you. I like you. I sent you flowers. I did all the things. It's up to you. And then like the very next day she called me and then she started calling me and you know what I mean? But then I said, I love you before she said, I love you. And I said, you don't have to, you know, I stopped dating people. We were both dating other people at the time. And I said, I'm going to stop dating people, but you don't have to stop dating people. Like I was really um, aware of her, her needs and her life and allowing her to have what she wanted, mm. you know, and it all worked out. I love that so much. There's so many facets of that that I just think is so beautiful. Um, I also love that she called you the very next day. <laughs> very next. Yeah. She had some excuse for calling me. She called me like six o'clock. She called me really early in the morning and she had some, she was looking for an album or something. We we're both really into music. She worked in the music industry and, and I knew some people that she knew and she wanted to know something about them. Like she made up this whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, and I can relate to, to her on that because sometimes, um, you know, I have obviously my own stuff, but if I'm dating someone and they're really, really into me, my like trauma response is to run. And so sometimes what I need and what I have needed in the past is like to take a moment and to like step back and be like, I need space. And once that is given to me, then I'm all in. It's like, I just needed like a little bit of breathing room to like, think about where I'm at, what my feelings are. And then yeah. I'm usually good to go. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, you know, in a good relationship, you still are able to retain your own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, have well, to compromise, you know what I mean? I mean, you make compromises as a couple because that's part of the deal. But, but I've never had to be any other version of myself uh, for my wife. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. she's been okay with all of Well, not all of them, but <laughs> that's most of the versions of myself. Well, and, and I also think like that story of, of you saying, no, you call me and then she calls you the next day. That's like such a great example of the fact that like, there's nothing more attractive than someone who knows their own worth. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, totally. and I really liked her, but I was like, Hey, and I've already put in the effort and, and, uh, and I know it's, a, it's not going to feel good to chase you. Like, like it, it's not going to feel good to like you, you want, you want to stop this thing. Then you let me know when you want to start it up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I really could, I, that is something that I could work on. I mean, I, I have a hard time. Like when someone, I feel like they like me, but they're not quite ready or whatever. I can do the excuse thing. And then I have to kind of check myself, but I have a hard time not reaching out just to say, Hey, how are you? Um, because I, my thing is I have to earn love. Like, that's what I grew up with. And so if I can just like convince them to love me, then all of that will be healed. But I need to be better about like, just, okay, like you do you, I'll do me. If you really like me and want to come this way, like, you know, great. Put in the effort. Put yeah. in the effort. Yep. Yeah. I love that though. I, I hope, I hope other people can listen to that too and, and really gain something from that. Yeah. I mean, it. You know, when you first find something really good, your biggest fear is losing it. You're like, oh, I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to lose this. And so you you have a tendency to cling too hard to it. And you yeah. lose it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you forget how slow time is. I mean, how fast time is, rather. And, and the fact that, like, you only get the first part of a relationship once. Yeah. So you should milk it for all it's worth. You know, that's mm -hmm. why, like, I was, we, we, didn't, we didn't have sex for a month. Mm-hmm at least at like 10 dates, you know, and we wanted to, no doubt, but she would always send me home, mm. you know, and that made it more attractive to me. Okay. Can we talk about that for a moment? 
<laughs> because I feel like that has changed a lot too. Like 2021, um, there's, you know, you're hooking up faster dating apps. People expect you to have sex on the first date. Um, I, I like, I was in a relationship where we had sex day seven, I think. And we had a really loving relationship, but I think is what you're saying. Like, you're not saying you can't do that, but what you're saying is like, take your time because you never get that back. Yeah. Saber it. Yeah. You no, know, it's like, you know, uh, postpone, you know, sort of postpone your excitement, you know, let it, let it build. And also I feel like you have a better shot of staying together if you have some familiarity with each other before you fuck hmm. you know i think it just is you know you you've you've got a dialogue together you know you've got some time in you know each other a little bit better like i just think can't hurt yeah and it's exciting well, yeah definitely <laughs> yeah and you know that's something we we've said on this show like numerous times is this idea that like sex without like real trust and emotional safety, like usually doesn't feel good. And, and one of my things is like, I used to rush too quickly into that. And I would also rush too quickly into like the emotional intimacy of like, let's tell each other our like deepest traumas and about the painful things in our childhoods and like doing that too quickly, I think also yeah. unbalances things. And the mm -hmm. way I think about it now is like, the only way to actually build that foundation of trust and safety. And, you know, like you said, Greg, like you need to have some familiarity with each other is just like quantity of time spent together, mm -hmm. like seeing your partner on a good day, on a bad day, like when they're sad, when something's annoying them, you know, having had like some difficult conversations between the two of you, and maybe you've seen them in various facets of their lives. And like, and I think that stuff takes time, but, it is definitely, I'm, I'm with you too, Leanna. Like I, that's tough advice to follow of like yeah. trying to um, like delay that gratification, you know? Yeah, totally. It is, it is hard to, to do it. Um, and I, you know, I don't know what, I mean, people, you know, my podcast partner, Kane is, uh, you know, 30 something or whatever. And so he's, and he's just recently out of a relationship, but has been dating. And, and, um, so I hear all the story. I was never on a dating app, so I have no idea what that's like, you know, but I hear his stories and things move quickly, mm -hmm. you know, they move quickly. And, um, I don't know that, you know, and I feel like people keep getting the same results. Yeah. You know, yeah. getting the same results. Uh, yeah, I, I also want to say, though, I'm sure there are many loving couples that have sex on the first night and it still works, too. Like, I don't want I want to make sure that there's no shame in that because no, I, it's not about shame. to me. It's more about like to me, it's about doing the homework on a human being. It's about it's about it's about doing your due diligence knowing somebody knowing and also having some regard for the intimacy of sex i think a lot of people don't regard what an intimate act it really is mm -hmm. it's the ultimate intimate act that's all there is mm -hmm. so having some sort of respect for that and knowing you know i don't have to do it right now i could do it later when i have more information it's like anything else you don't just rush out and buy a car mm -hmm. yeah so it, you, you brought up Kane a second ago. So you guys have your podcast, Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers, which I, we both love. I love it. It's <laughs> like I started binging it. It's so funny. Yeah, it's funny, but it's like empowering. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, and so like one of the questions I've been wanting to ask you, Greg, is like, so why are people fuckers? Why are people fuckers? Yeah, you know, because like, cause like, like I know I've been shitty in relationships and stuff like that. And you know and so i i guess I'm perfect what's that i'm perfect leanna's always been perfect uh -huh. but like you know like part of my thing is don't take bullshit from fuckers but also like don't be a fucker like that's something that i think your podcast does as well 
And so like, wh- what is the yeah. root of the problem? You know? Um, it's just usually selfish, self-centered behavior. It's just people that are more concerned about themselves than they are concerned about you, you know, yeah. and treat you. Um, I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard to say, you know, I, I've been a fucker. Everyone's been a fucker. It's not hard. It's just, I think it's, it's, it's noticing when someone is a fucker and being smart enough to just block, 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 you know, and just always be blocking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to like have those good boundaries and stuff like that. Because yeah. I wonder when I listen to your podcast, so I'm someone who like, I believe that like, you know, we talked about trauma on our show. I believe that like hurt people hurt people. Yeah. You know, people are like doing the best that they can. And so like, I try to take that compassionate view, but, but I don't like, am I being too nice to these fuckers, Greg? Or like, what do you think? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it all depends. It depends on the effect that they're having on your life and how they affect the way you think and the way that you go about your business and, and whether, and whether they're sort of adding or not adding, you know, I always think of it like a balloon where when you're in a balloon, you have sandbags and you cut those sandbags so that the balloon can go higher. And sometimes there's just people that you just got to cut that sandbag, man, let the balloon fly. Yeah. It, I actually love that because I also think like if you have really good boundaries, then you don't, then you're not going to have a bunch of like resentment and hurt and whatever. You're like, oh yeah. Like, you know, you're like, oh, okay. This person has shown that they're not someone that I want in my life right now. Like, see you later. And and you can still totally wish them well, right? right. Like want them to find healing and happiness and whatever. Totally. Oh yeah. There's plenty of people in my life that I've gotten rid of that I still hope that they do well and, and want good things for them. Yeah. Same. You know, I've put up a wall because I don't, their toxicity is too much for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Greg, I'm wondering if we can backtrack a little bit and go back to the book, because if we have listeners that haven't read your book, um, you know, can you, I guess, why do women, and this isn't a heteronormative situation, women to men, but why do we make excuses for men? Uh, I think women are ultimately a little bit more hopeful, you know? Um, and I think there's just a general feeling among women that there aren't enough men. So, <laughs> Take the one that you got and try and fix it, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to waiting for that, that good one. And will I ever find anybody again? And, you know, um, and I don't know why that is, but I just think that it, that it is true that, you know, um, and women are more analytical than men, I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And they spend a lot of time going, well, it could be this. Well, you know what it could be? It could be this. You know, where I think sometimes men are a little bit more like, yeah, she's not calling. Sometimes I wish my girlfriends would not be analytical because I'll be talking about a situation and they'll be really positive about it and tell me that he definitely likes me and he's just going through this and I just have to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want that advice, actually, because then I do become hopeful and then I get more disappointed yeah. Like, you know, when it doesn't go that way, which it probably wasn't ever going to go that way to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And if he's going through something, it's like, yawn. <laughs> God, I don't care. All right. Have your excuse, whatever. You're going through something tough. Okay. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think that like, what, I guess, can you summarize the gist of like, it doesn't, Maybe I just need this summary for myself, but um, basically if there are any excuses, like any amount of excuses, whatever it is, he's just not that into you. Is that, do you still believe that? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's sort of like, you know, if a guy calls you up and says, look, I can't, can't make this thing. I've got something going on with my family. I can't do it. You're like, okay, that's fine. That happens once, twice. Okay. But once it starts to add up after a while, you start to see a pattern. You're like, okay, this is just bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always using excuses. There's always something. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if the guy is like into you and not a shitty dude, when he goes, oh, I'm so sorry, I have to cancel, I have this family thing, like he'll call you like the next day and be like, how about Thursday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm having it with a writing partner right now where I just keep getting emails saying, I'm going to send you something tomorrow night, I promise. <laughs> and then three days goes by and they're like, I'm going to send you something. I'm like, fuck, dude, it's not happening. Mm. We're not, this isn't a collaboration. This is just me waiting for you to text me back or write me back. And, you know, it's been weeks now, so forget mm. it, you know? That's so interesting to think of applying it to, like, like professional relationships as well. Yeah, of course. Like oh, yeah. All yeah. this stuff is good for professional relationships, friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've also co-written at least one book with your wife currently. What is that process like? Oh, we've written three books together. Um, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. It's not, it's, it's, it can be hard. You know, when you're, it was harder when the girls were younger and there was a lot, there was a lot to do. And so finding the time to write and be collaborative is hard. I like to collaborate and she likes to go write alone mm. and then send it to me and then have me write on top of it or whatever. Mm. Um, she's the main, like, I'm really good at filling things in, but she's really good at laying things out. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's the reason our books are good. <laughs> Well, and then Greg, can you talk a little bit, how did you get into coaching? And, and I know that your coaching um, focuses mostly on like musicians, artists, and creative types. And so I'm curious, like why that specialty also? Well, that, those are just, you showed up. I just had people who, um, I started coaching because uh, a girl that we've had on our show a few times, who's, who would be a great guest for you guys, her name's Natasha Adamo, and she's a coach. And uh, she does very well. And she's got a blog and she's writing a book. She has a book coming out called How to Win Your Breakup. <laughs> and uh, she contacted me and said, I ran into in a supermarket years ago and I asked you for some advice and you gave me some great advice and it changed my life. And I think you're amazing. And why aren't you coaching people? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, I think you would be great at coaching. I think that'd be something you could do that you would really enjoy. And so I sort of gave it a shot. And I, first I was just coaching relationship stuff. But then I had a lot of writers show up and say, hey, can you help me get solved by writing blocks and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, so I do both. Relationship calls really only take one call. And it's just me going, yeah, he doesn't like you. <laughs> That's all it is. Well, well and then, what is the process for like the, you know, like for, for people that are having that sort of writing block or that creative block? I mean, we figure out things. I tailor a program to whatever it is you're doing to get you through your writer's block. And I read your writing and I give you my opinion and I help you move things along. That's awesome. If, if, if there was, say, like two plucky upstarts with a podcast... Uh, what advice? What I'm advice not would writing you have, a book with you. What advice would you have for them? Not to write a book, but just like because this is a creative endeavor, and I know that like we you're going to get free advice on our podcast now. <laughs> you, you already got. You already hit Greg up for all of the free relationship advice. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, I would just continue doing what you're doing. I mean, we found you because you guys are doing well, and um, and you're hustling. And you're, I think, you know, I think Kane told me you guys have a sponsor or you're, yeah, you're hustling. Yeah, we have a few. Got yeah. a couple sponsors, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. We don't even have a couple sponsors. What? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't hustled it the way we should. Kane is now, Kane is now doing it. I was going to say, bring me on and I'll be your assistant and I'll get you guys sponsors. Maybe we will. <laughs> so, yeah, but but uh, but you guys seem to be doing the right things. Awesome! Thank you. That's, that's I affirming. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Um, so, Greg, I'm really curious. You you mentioned your daughters earlier. Like, how do you try to like sort of how do you and your wife like try to teach them to sort of be empowered in 
this culture of like shitty male behavior and all the other things? Well, my wife is a paragon of, of femininity and, and, and self-worth and the girls really take after her. And I just sort of sit in the background and try and set an example of somebody who's a, a good male who isn't trying to solve their problems for them or tell them how to do anything. I mean, I'm very hands-off as a parent, very hands-off. I definitely let them come to me when they have something they want to talk about, but I don't barge into their lives. You know, my wife knows all the intimate details and I get the stories, mm. you know, but I'm a, you know, but I'm a father figure. You know what I mean? Like I am man in the house uh, for whatever that means. What would you say are like the secrets to success of, of you and your wife's like fantastic relationship, which also includes authoring books together, which is an edit. Oh, uh, we've gone through some shitty times. I've had some problems with it. You know, I've had some addiction problems and there have been some bad, we've, we've gone through some tough stuff together, but at the end of the day, we just want to be together. And it's sort of hard to explain, but we've built something over this long period of time. That's so intimate. It's hard to explain. You can't really put words to it it's just a knowing of each other and and loving each other and i think we've come to terms with who both of us are and we're still okay with it sometimes i wonder like i think every relationship is going to have a a massive hurdle that they have to decide if they're going to cross over or if that's that's it and there could be multiple hurdles in a single relationship too do you think that there's something really special about relationships that do decide to get over that hurdle in a healthy way with, you know, outside support therapy that makes totally. that relationship so much more special? Totally. If it makes sense to be together, you know, there's, a, there's gotta be kind of a reason for your, for your union. Mm -hmm. I think there's got to be a reason. Either it gives you pleasure or you're raising kids or you've got a business. You know, you've got something that you're working towards together. I think that it, it has to have forward motion to it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you have forward motion, you can overcome almost anything. How do you keep that forward motion, Greg, in like in your marriage? I think it's by ultimately... Like, my job is to every day see how I can be of service to my wife. Mm, That's it. A lot of times that means just staying the fuck out of her way. (laughs) Giving her space, you know. But then I try and see what can I do to make things better. And that's really it. And I don't have expectations from her. I don't need her to tell me I'm awesome. I don't need her to tell me I'm perfect. I don't need her to, she doesn't have to be doting on me all the time or kissing me. I don't have specific, she doesn't have to give me gifts or any of that kind of stuff. She does. And when she does, I love it, but I don't expect it. Hmm. And I think having lower expectations for your partner is really helpful. So I was going to ask, because one of the things too, Greg, in your story is, you know, you shared, you gave a lot of credit to your recovery, you know, you being in recovery, like you having been through sort of addiction, like blowing a hole into the middle of your life and then having had to like repair and rebuild and, and heal that and find a different way of doing your life. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think so many dating, you know, so many people either are fuckers or deal with fuckers in relationship because they haven't like done the work to like heal their shit. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I got a lot of clarity, but because my main focus every day is to stay sober first. So I have a priority that's above my marriage in a way. Mm. I have to stay sober. Otherwise, I don't get to I don't get to be married if I'm not. Mm. But uh but uh but that puts the focus on on that instead of the marriage and it takes some of the pressure off. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I can only be sober one day at a time. Just like I can only be married one day at a time. Mm. I don't have to be married for the rest of my life. I just have to be married today. Oh, that's such a I cool application. Yeah. yeah. yeah super well, helpful. I, yeah. No, I love that so much. I want to like sit on that for a second. <laughs> because what other ways is that so applicable in our lives? Like, 
like we don't have to be podcasters forever, but we have to be podcasters for today, you know, <laughs> yeah. like what, yeah, I totally. think it, yeah, I think it takes away some of the pressures of our society and pressures that we place on ourselves if we could just folk, stay in the present and take one day at a time. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. It just is. Um, I mean, that's how all of it is. I try really hard to stay present and want nothing. What sort of advice or wisdom would you have for either people who are listening who are like in recovery and thinking about dating or someone who maybe is, you know, not in recovery themselves, but like newly dating someone who is? Mm, great question. <laughs> Good job, friends. Well, relationships, I mean, most people recommend when you get sober to not get in a relationship for a year. Mm. You know, not getting in a relationship doesn't mean you can't have sex. It just means you can't get tied up in somebody else. Um, and I did that. I did what they recommended. I didn't get in a relationship for a year, which was hard. But, mm -hmm. but, um, but by the time I did get in a relationship, I had been, I was, I think because when I, when I'm not on drugs and alcohol, I'm present. and available and I'm, and I have to feel my feelings and go through everything sober. So I'm much more aware of my surroundings and how I'm feeling and how other people are feeling. And, you know, so it just makes it easier. How do you feel about relationships where one person is sober and one person isn't? Do you think that's harder? Um, do you think? Well, my harder? wife drinks. Okay. I was going to say, do you think it maybe varies on the individual too? Yeah, it all depends on your, on how comfortable you are around alcohol and drugs and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I mean, my wife doesn't drink a lot. She drinks very little, but she, but She's not sober. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk? I'm, I know we're running out of time here, but um, okay. You were saying that when you got sober, they were like, don't get in a relationship, but you can have sex. So I guess that kind of leads us into like casual sex. Like, how do you mm -hmm. feel about that? Cause that can lead to sticky situations of one person feeling hurt, you know, thinking the person was into them or I don't know, like, how do you think you have to just be, you gotta be really clear on the rules. Okay. You just have to be really clear. You have to say, we're having sex and we're just having sex. And this doesn't mean that we're going to be in a relationship. It just means that we want to fuck. And, and, uh, and so don't expect me to be, you know what I mean? Don't expect me to be, you know, this is, I'm not signing up to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did it, I mean, did that it's a weird conversation to have. And a lot of times you're in the throes of it before you know you want to have that conversation but yeah i was gonna say did that ever go badly for you <laughs> uh yeah i mean there were times where where the conversation was clear and then the person still wanted to make a relationship out of it yeah yeah you know and i was like but we talked about this you know and so then you don't have sex with them anymore <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, and I, to me, I, I think that's the biggest thing that sort of um, the biggest reason people get hurt in those situations is that like the conversation is had and well, sometimes it's that like the one person was like not clear. They were kind of wishy-washy, but like typically one of the people goes into that situation thinking, I know that he or she is saying that this won't turn into a relationship, but they're sort of secretly hoping that it will. Yeah. Right. And like yeah. that, so like or that they can change it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or the sex will be so good. They'll change their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think a recipe for disaster. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, again, it's a really intimate thing to have sex. So it, it comes, you know, it, it, it when you, uh, when you have sex, it's intimate and it's sort of hard to deny it. And, um, you know, you got to be really strong willed to be able to have sex and move on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can. What's wrong with it? You cannot. Oh, no. I like catch feelings so fast. And it would be someone I'm like not attracted to, don't want to be with, they're like the worst person. And I'd be like, why isn't he calling? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, Greg, do, what did you think of? Were you on set for the movie at all? He's just not that into you. Yeah, I'm in it. What? Yeah, I'm in which, it. Which scene? When um, 
when Jennifer Aniston's getting is a, at a wedding and she walks down the aisle with the dog. Oh yeah. I'm the priest. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I've seen it several times. Yeah, seen the I, movie several seriously, times. It's the most unwarranted cameo in the history of filmmaking. There's no need for it. It's just Did one you- shot of my face. That's it. <laughs> Did you like how the movie portrayed your book? Uh, no. I mean, I liked the movie. And um, and they were very nice. The people that made it, like, it was Drew Barrymore and her production company, and they were all lovely, and everyone was was great. But at the end, they shouldn't have got back together. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, because that then sort of goes against the whole goes against the whole teaching thing. of the book. Yeah, totally. She should have said, "Go away," and which would have been great. It would have been a really empowering moment, and something that would have been like cool but they didn't do it you're right that would have been way more empowering yeah but it's interesting as a much younger version of myself when i first watched it it was like oh my gosh it all worked out and now all i have to do is keep trying and he's gonna eventually change his mind and he's gonna come be my hero and and rescue me from my pain and all of that complete opposite of what the book's about yeah. yeah, which and to me, like these messages in media and in our culture are like why people take so much bullshit from fuckers, like particularly women, right? Like ha- every romantic comedy is like the guy is terrible, and then like and then he comes like like and then he just carry carry and big yeah. on Sex in the City too. Yeah, terrible relationship, horrible, so yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, well and, and it's interesting. So like that trope of like. Well, through persistence, like the terrible guy will become a good guy. Like that's yeah. a major like issue of like why I think our culture is unhealthy in the ways that it is. Another one, and you and I have talked about this, um, is like generations of men sort of being taught that like men can't help themselves. And it's so, you know what I'm saying? So like, I'll just share something. Last night I met up with a friend and, um, you know, also you told me you couldn't meet up. Also, ah, that's funny. Last night I, I I met up with a female friend of mine and like a and it ended up being the two of us hanging out with this male new friend of hers who like works with her. And my female friend is in a relationship that was like known to everybody. And we hung out, we had some dinner, they had a couple of drinks. Um, and then I was like dropping them back off because they like are in this work situation where they like live where they work. Um, And like this guy who like was like a nice dude, I thought was a really cool dude. We had some deep conversation. Like he like took a run at her at the end of the night, you know, like even though he knew she was in a relationship and all that stuff. And it's just like, I'm like, God, you know, I'm like, dudes like do better. Like why can't dudes do better? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, You know, it was just like so disappointing. Lame. Yeah. You know, could have been the could have been the booze. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm sure that had so much to it do. Would with give it gives you a little courage, and then you're like, you start. Yeah. Going, oh well, maybe. Yeah. You know, Greg, the the number of married men that hit on me is wild. Like, really? Oh yeah. Like I'm not like actively pursue, like constantly, like DMs, messages, like not phone messages, but like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 wild. I mean, I guess it's not. I guess I don't know. Well, and also sucks. like people you meet in real life. Oh too. yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, meet yeah. them and they'll attach to me because I'm this bright, sunny, like outgoing person. They're like, "Wow, she's really yeah. fun," you know, and she seems like a nice escape from my marriage. And then they they pursue hard. It's crazy. Wow, that's wild. Disappointing. Yeah. It's very disappointing. Well. I think we should probably wrap this up. Um, Greg, do you have any last words of wisdom for our our dating and relationship listeners? Wait, that doesn't make it's sense. It's so funny. People always ask me that. I, I, I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be yourself. I mean, anything I would say would just sound like a... Like a well, Reading like card? A, like a shitty Instagram post. Yeah. You know? Like you're a um, meme, an inspirational meme. An inspirational meme. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I like, I would say, you know, one of the things I appreciated about like reading your book recently is just like, like the, like, just like you, you, you cannot reinforce enough, like know your worth and like just set good boundaries and like, don't have time for people that aren't treating you like your worth. Yeah. You, know? you show up for what's showing up for you. Yeah. Oh, who show, who's showing is. up? What's showing up? You yeah. know, what yeah. is, and what's and what's not. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, this is, you know, that's the thing with the coaching. Like I set out to coach women in relationships, but I kept getting people who wanted work with the, their comedy careers and that kind of stuff. So I got to, I got to go with what's showing up for me. Yeah. And mm. build the business based on that idea as opposed to trying to force something else to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Greg, tell us all the ways that our listeners can find you. It's really simple. It's just, it's Gregor's on Instagram and don't take bullshit from fuckers podcast. Yeah. And there you go. And you can find all the links and everything to all of the stuff that you do from there. Yeah, totally. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a well, pleasure. You guys are great. This was really fun. Good. And you're awesome. So and you're going to come on our show, right, Jared? Yeah, I'm in. Great. Let's do Great. it. Yeah, okay. well, it'll be fun. All right. Well, thank you so much, Greg. You are awesome. You guys make sure to follow us on Instagram at hello and go my podcast at underscore Lana Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez. You can find all of our stuff on our website, www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com, including our Patreon, our sponsors, our YouTube channel. The merch, the link for the merch on Red Bubble. Yes, the new merch. Um, yes. So get your Ho Ho Holes mug in time for Christmas. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review. We love you guys. And um, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.